0: Welcome to the Not Old, Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang. As part of the Smithsonian American Women's History Initiative Because of Her Story series, our guest today is Amy Shira Title. Amy Shira Title will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Program May 26, 2021, and the title of Amy Shira Title's Zoom presentation is Fighting for Space, Pilots Jackie Cochran and Jerry Cobb. Amy Shira Title has had a lifelong passion for spaceflight. She specialized in space history throughout her academic life, culminating in her master's thesis about the little-known Gemini Regalo Wing. When the space age dawned in the late 1950s, Jackie Cochran held more propeller and jet-flying records than any pilot of the 20th century man or woman. She had led the Women's Auxiliary Service pilots during World War II as the first woman to break the sound barrier, ran her own luxury cosmetics company, and counted multiple presidents among her friends. She was more qualified than any woman in the world to make the leap from atmosphere to orbit. Yet, it was Jerry Cobb, 25 years Cochran's Jr., and a record-holding pilot in her own right, who finagled her way into taking the same medical tests as the Mercury astronauts. The prospect of flying in space quickly became her obsession. As the American and international media fell in love with the idea of a non-existent woman astronaut program, Cochran and Cobb struggled to gain control of the narrative, each hoping to turn the rumored program into their own ideal reality, an issue that ultimately went all the way to Congress. Drawing on our new book, Fighting for Space, Two Pilots and Their Historic Battle for Female Spaceflight, space historian and television host, Amy Shura-Title, our guest today, tells this fascinating story of these trailblazers who spent years as adversaries in search of the same goal, creating a place for women in the male-dominated arena of aviation and spaceflight. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Smithsonian Associate Amy Shira Title. Amy Shira Title, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: It's good to talk to you. You are really doing some cool things. I've had a chance to do my prep uh, for our interview today, and my gosh, so many things are going on in your world. But first and foremost, I just want to make sure you do good, everybody in your family well, and social distancing and healthy and vaccinated and all that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, all all things considered doing well. I mean, the, yeah. the benefit for, for me personally, I've always worked from home. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my day to day life has been largely unaffected. And, uh, you know, the only I'm bubbled with my cat, and he mm. doesn't know about social distancing, but that's okay, because he also doesn't go outside. So it's, uh, it's good. Half vaccinated, very excited for the next yep. one after yep. the pain because I know it's yep. going to be bad. What about you? Are you, have you been able to get everything sorted? Are you holding up okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're good. My wife has a small ballet studio here where we live just outside oh. of Washington, D.C. And so her world has been um, a Zoom world. And mm-hmm. trying to teach ballet to little kids via Zoom doesn't always – Translate, you know, you yeah. lose something in the translation. But like you, I've been working from home for, you know, now six plus years. And so for me, it's mm-hmm. just kind of standard, you know, operating procedure. And, and yeah, both of us, both my wife and I are vaccinated. My two are, we have two boys. Both boys are vaccinated. And so we nice. are excited. My mom is 91. She lives in Northern California. She's vaccinated. She's going to be able to travel to see us soon. So it is going to be a good, you know, time for all.
1: <laughs> That's very exciting. Yeah. My it, family's in Canada, so okay. their vaccination rollout has been much slower and it's still tough to get into Canada. So my dad's yeah. vaccinated, my mom's half vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a bit, unfortunately, until we get the family together. But um, yeah,
0: yeah, we've been it's, waiting. I'm, I'm
1: happy that my family is getting protected and staying safe up there. That's what matters most. So.
0: That is that is good to hear. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today. You're going to be presenting at Smithsonian Associates, really coming up here pretty quickly, yeah. you know, for, for us, May 26th, mm-hmm. so that's really right around the corner. It's just a, it's really nice to talk to you today. You've got so many cool things, as I say, going on, and this is one of them, and I wondered if you'd tell us a little bit about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation, and in particular since we all are using Zoom to a to great degree these days, maybe how you're going to be using Zoom to engage our audience.
1: Yeah, that's actually the question I'm asking myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Zoom the, the Zoom talk, the talk is going to be uh, based around my new book uh, called Fighting for Space, which is the dual biography of two pilots, Jackie Cochran and Jerry Cobb, and kind of tracing their stories and how they weave together and really come together over the issue of, uh, women astronauts in the 1960s, whether or not women could or should fly in space and how that kind of stocked up against what NASA was doing in terms of its astronaut requirements, because, you know, Apollo era is a very specific era of spaceflight in terms of what was needed. So that's that's kind of what we're digging into. And um, in terms of how to uh, to kind of tweak the existing talk that I have for Zoom, I actually haven't I'm still working on it. It's actually really hard because I'm somebody that likes to engage with my audience very much mm-hmm, personally. Mm-hmm. I usually start with, you know, setting the scene of the 1950s and I to honestly I use old family photos of my dad growing up because then the big joke is it's not Americana, it's Canadiana because I'm from Canada. And that, <laughs> But it's these, you know, these little little sweet vignettes from my dad's life. His, his life looked like a Norman Rockwell painting if Norman Rockwell painted Jews. I mean, it's amazing. So I kind of use that to like bring the audience to my side. I'm like... I have no feedback from the audience now. And it's um, so I'm really kind of looking um, I'm basically trying to build a very, very image heavy talk that sort of like captures your attention and brings you in without making it you know, overwhelming and boring and too static. So it's, it's a very, it's, I, it's harder than I thought it was going to be to figure out how to engage an audience of who knows how many mm-hmm. without being able to see them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting challenge.
0: <laughs> uh, my research review uh, tells me that you will be up to the challenge, that this will be an exciting, wonderful presentation. The book is getting great reviews. I'm excited, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about fighting for space. But I wonder if we just set the stage a little bit because I you know we're we're talking 1950s the the Mercury 7 is something that we're all probably many of my audience are aware of but we probably don't know too much about the astronauts for Mercury 13. And so I and I know that that's that Mercury 13 name is uh, not a
1: real name. kind of a
0: <laughs> yeah not a real name. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe tell us a little bit about those women astronauts of that era and how really they probably in many ways outperformed some of their male counterparts, but we don't know much about them. And I guess maybe it was a case of, uh, I don't know, funding or wrong gender or what what was it?
1: It's a really interesting story and it's you know, it's it's one of those stories that gets picked up in the media every few years. I feel like someone gets a hold of it and it's, on the surface, it sounds like this really amazing, like super feminist story of these 13 intrepid women who have all the right stuff for space flight, but they're the wrong gender. So they're kept out of space purely on account of their sex and it's systemic sexism. And it's all terrible. And we have to write the wrongs of the past. And it sounds great until you start looking at the story a little bit more and think, but wait, None of them were qualified for spaceflight. So how did this story even get started? So, um, it's it's a, it's a very it's very complicated and very detailed and very nuanced and very much just about crazy personalities. But um, the kind of the Cole's notes, which is the Canadian Cliff Notes um, <laughs> version, is that there was a, there's a, a young woman named Jerry Cobb who I'm sure you've, mm-hmm. you, you you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. Most people have. She's kind of the most notable name. She, uh, somehow there's still, I'm still not, no one is totally sure how she ended up doing the medical tests that the Mercury astronauts took. She took them in, um, early 1960 and she, she passed quote unquote, because they don't really pass a medical test. Um, but she performed well enough that Dr. Randy Lovelace, who was running the clinic where the Mercury astronauts did their testing and did the testing on Jerry, uh, presented her, her results at a medical conference. And, um, the news kind of trickled out that woman takes same test as astronauts. But of course you put woman and astronaut in the same sentence in 1960 and everyone picks up the story of woman astronaut. Mm-hmm. I liken it very much to the way that when there's a release from, you know, curiosity I guess now perseverance of mm-hmm. uh, rover finds evidence of past water on Mars. The headlines you see and what you see tweeted is there's water on Mars. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no water on Mars. Very different thing. Still very interesting. So this is kind of the story so Jerry starts getting this publicity around this idea that she is the first woman to qualify as an astronaut when really she took medical tests you know this is far far from the full roster of skills astronauts need to have at the time. Um, But she she gets really excited about it. And she kind of wants to bring other women into the fold. And Randy Lovelace is a little bit interested in whether women could, you know, whether she's a one off or whether women are kind of, you know, up to this skill. His interest is very medical. So they Jerry ends up kind of helping some other women that she knows through kind of the air race circuit and the female flying world to taking the same tests and a handful of them end up performing quite well. And Jerry kind of spearheads this idea that now they're, they are a group of qualified women. And meanwhile, she somehow finagles her way into doing uh, simulation testing at the Navy uh, Flight Center in Pensacola. And she finds her own way of doing psychological testing, not at all related to NASA or Randy Lovelace, but calls it her own phase two testing. So she's kind of going off and doing this whole thing. And, and the media is running with the story of this woman astronaut. Meanwhile, Jackie Cochran is kind of pulled into the mix, even though she wasn't really involved in the first place. And um, Jackie is the foremost female pilot, one of the foremost pilots, period, in the world at the time. Um, she's the only woman in america to have flown a jet she's the only woman who's really keeping pace with what the test pilots are which is what you need to be to be an astronaut at the time and you know her husband is kind of bankrolling the lovelace clinic that did all the testing on these women so jackie comes in as like well if you're doing this i want to be a part of it cuz you know i'm maybe too old she she would never admit this but she was medically unfit cuz she and i actually have the same medical issue um but she kind of wanted to be a part of it for the sake of having it be her program so it ends up being this i'm sorry this is the long answer mm, but it's ends up being this: it. like she said she <laughs> said playing out very much in the media in the newspapers on tv of is there a woman's astronaut program who's in charge of it and what is the what are they doing and meanwhile nasa sitting there like we're just trying to figure out this whole moon thing. <laughs> so it's like all of this stuff, you know, this is the biggest possible thing in Jerry's world. Jackie's very involved in it, but she's also, you know, breaking 19 records on a single flight, like you do. And NASA's sitting there trying to figure out what do we do because the president just told us we have to go to the moon within the decade. So all of these things are happening simultaneously. And when you put the story of these women, yes, they were physically up to the task of, you know, Whatever medical testing is like such a weird metric of qualification to fly in space, right? But you know, the women are physically fit, they're all you know, outstanding pilots. A lot of them had some record or had won some races. Not one of them had flown a jet, so not one of them had that high speed flight experience that NASA wants astronauts to have. And NASA wanted that because thing going very fast in space, being able to tell the engineers on the ground what you're doing and what what you're feeling, so that the next vehicle can have updated changes. That's what they needed. And the only job that was close to that was military test pilot. Not one of these women actually had that. So it just, it just became this huge mess. And NASA was just like, we don't want to have to deal with this right now. (laughs) It was, it was interesting. It was very interesting. That's the very long answer, but it's, it's, um, I was able to really kind of draw that out and really kind of, I mean, not to be like a huge killjoy, but like, tear apart the story and show you what re what really happened. And it's a lot less about, you know, it's a lot less about simple gender issues and a lot more about, you know, what the country was ready for, what NASA was able to take on, the fact that Jackie and Jerry did not get along <laughs> and probably there was some interpersonal dynamics at play there. For sure there were. So it's 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 a, it's a much more complicated and nuanced story.
0: What happened uh between Cobb and Cochrane <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious.
1: Yeah, they they um They exchanged a lot of letters, and luckily Mm -hmm. um, a number of copies of a lot of those letters have survived, so I've been able to kind of actually see how they they spoke to each other. They... They did have a few run-ins and one of the the best, which there's no record, there's record of it because they both wrote letters afterwards. But they actually crossed paths and had dinner um, two nights before John Glenn's flight in 1962. They were both at the Cape to see it. And there is a, a very interesting exchange of letters that I actually put in an appendix in the book because I just think it's fascinating um, where they're arguing how to have a women's astronaut program. And you see the two positions emerging where Jerry wants to join the astronaut corps now. She wants to be fast-tracked into space. She wants to join the men. And she wants to just kind of go forward and do do her thing and fly in space. And Jackie, who has been in the flight world a lot longer than Jerry, she's 25 years older. She ran the Women's Air Force Service Pilots Second World War, so she kind of knows how to play the game in a male dominant world, is sitting there saying, that's not gonna work because then you're just a stunt. If we wanna do it right, we should have a test program of like 200 women and get all the data, get everything we need, get a whole list of, of you know viable names so that when the space agency says we need women, we can say, here, we've done all your legwork, you have no excuse not to do it now. So they're fighting this position and it ultimately, they're both extremely self-centered about it. You know, Jerry wants to go up because she wants to be the first woman in space. Jackie wants to run the program because if she can't be the first, she wants to at least be in charge of who's the first. So you have these these two very different, very interesting positions developing and they just won't listen to each other. And it becomes it just it's a mess. So they they come to a head again in this kind of like, you know, epic climax of this story in this congressional subcommittee hearing on qualifications of astronauts, which is really, you know, that's the official title. But it's kind of also looking at whether NASA is unduly discriminating against women. And uh, Jerry and another one of the women pilots, whose husband was a senator, so she was in a good position to take on Washington, uh, Janie Hart. They they both testify that the women are perfectly qualified, that they can do whatever they set their minds to, you know, all that all that good stuff, which is very valid, of course. And uh, and then Jackie, is the third woman to testify, says that it's not the right time that that NASA should just do what it needs to get done because, you know we're in a cold war. (laughs) This is a war getting to the moon, getting into space. So it's this very different thing. And of course, you know, Jackie, it turns out has cleared her testimony with NASA and NASA is also saying like, look, we don't know what, what space is. Can we not add another variable? Which, you know, sounds awful. And I I totally get that. (laughs) It sounds awful to say like, we can't have the variable of a woman. But when you think about the fact that NASA didn't even consider that Al Shepard might need to pee on a 15 minute flight because he'd be (laughs) locked in the capsule for hours before launch. NASA didn't think about NASA having to pee. How is it going to consider, you know, different plumbing, (laughs) as it were, (laughs) on a lunar mission? That's one of those things where, you know, women not with military backgrounds, are they going to take orders in dangerous situations like men would? Because they're coming from that military background where they have that discipline. There's there's so many elements that are not just that get kind of kind of almost buried under this superficial, well, you're just saying that women can't do it. It's like, no, they needed, they didn't just want men. They wanted a very specific man for spaceflight in the early 60s. And that goes through to the Apollo era. And um, and it was, it wasn't deselecting against women. I think it was really deselecting against like 99.9% of humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, they fought a lot. <laughs> they fought a lot. They argued. They, oh, God, I have records of them speaking at the same uh, events. And, you know, Jerry goes up and gives this this really rousing speech about how she's the first woman astronaut. And Jackie goes up right after and says, there are no women astronauts. And it's just like, this is a mess. <laughs> I wish I could be in those rooms.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. And it, it just went all the way to Congress.
1: Mm-hmm amazingly uh, Jerry was able to get a congressional subcommittee hearing. I mean, that's, that's be good. I mean, even yeah. I always say, even if she didn't get what she wanted, if none of this came to pass, like it's amazing that she took it that far, that she had that tenacity to just bang on doors until she was able to get the audience she wanted. They got all the way out actually to Lyndon Johnson, who was VP at the time. Um, of course, Jackie was good friends with Lyndon Johnson. So um she might have had some sway over the vice president at the time as well.
0: <laughs> we are with Amy Shira Title. Amy Shira Title is a space historian, a television host, and is the author of the new book, Fighting for Space Two Pilots and Their Historic Battle for Female Spaceflight. The book is getting great reviews. And it really is just such a pleasure to be talking to you in advance of your Smithsonian Associates presentation coming up. We're going to put links up to where our audience can find out more information about Amy Shira Title. Her new book, her upcoming presentation at Smithsonian. I wonder, as you were writing the book, what what did you learn that surprised you oh, about so these women?
1: Much. <laughs> I feel like. Um... What was what was most interesting to me in researching the story is, you know, kind of like I said earlier, this this idea of it being just systemic sexism, finding an outlet in the 60s, you know, surprise, surprise. Um, I was expecting it to be that story. And the more I dug, the more I realized that these women didn't. They they had no idea what was happening. They were not all on the same page. Uh, some women were told that yes, there was an astronaut program for women. Some were told that it was medical testing. They didn't all agree. You know the 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 media when the story is retold always presents it like they were this group. They never all met. They were never all in the same place at the same time. This was not a unit. They were not a cohesive unit. Um, I thought that was very interesting. The letters that they exchanged between each other between Jackie and Jerry. The and you know of course there are some that have just not been archived anywhere, but the ones that I could find, you really see a difference of opinion. They weren't even all behind Jerry. There are, I have, I think three women in the book who write letters saying, Jerry is not my spokeswoman. You are, I am behind you, Jackie. And it's, they're, they're completely divided, but the media presents it, you know, in in looking back, they're represented as this group that was completely in agreement and they were absolutely were not. The other thing that surprised me, because um, in reading kind of the the cursory view of the story, you know, years ago I started researching it, hmm. Jackie is the villain, but I kind of describe her as a Disney villain. Like she she comes out of her castle on a mountain to thwart the young women in this congressional subcommittee hearing and then flies home to hang out with her pet <laughs> raven. She's <laughs> maleficent, she's evil and she has no backstory. And started researching Jackie Cochran and I'm like She's like the coolest person ever. (laughs) I mean, the most record holding pilot of the 20th century when she died in 1980. First woman through the sound barrier. Um, You know, friends of Chuck Yeager saved LBJ's life. I'm sitting there like, why does everybody not know who she is? Like, that's weird. So, the the thing that was the other thing that was amazing was just really learning about Jackie and really getting into her life and piecing together her backstory because she. She, she wrote a memoir in 1956 when she ran for a seat in Congress, um, as well. And, uh, she has this whole backstory that she was an orphan, she was unloved, and all this, all of that was a lie. <laughs> I was able to actually find her a real backstory. It was all fascinating. So that was those are kind of the things that really stood out and really made me fall in love not only with the with these women and kind of digging into their their histories, but wanting to tell the the true story because it's it's so much more interesting than just 1960s didn't like women. You know that's that's not nearly as fun as how how. Complicated this
0: is. It's complicated, and 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 it's phenomenal when you think about the women of NASA today. And I wonder is that the legacy really of of these women that here you, you know you mentioned Mars, the Perseverance, and there are many women and minorities leading that effort within NASA. Are we are we here at this point in time because of these women from from this particular uh, time period? <laughs>
1: That That is, I th- that's actually a hard question to answer because I'm not entirely sure, but I almost think that the way their legacy has been preserved has been more important than their actions, if that makes sense. That's a very, this, this is a very hard thing to, uh, to vocalize. <laughs> That's sounding awful. Um, I, I really looked a lot when I was researching and writing this about Jerry's actions and how, you know, as much as I, I really admire how much she just, you know, was literally banging on doors at NASA and in Washington to get an audience with the right people to get what she wanted. She kind of pissed a lot of people off there were a lot of people who were just like there because there are notes you know I, oh god I, I i love how the government saves everything but you know there are notes that that a letter would come in or she would request a meeting with lbj and he would write a note to his a george reedy saying just deal with it like he doesn't even want to deal with her anymore because it was just like again i mean there's all these notes that she was sending letters to kennedy and kennedy was just Sending a note to to NASA telling Webb, deal with her. And it's just like you you get the sense in how, how these little handwritten notes, you know, and I, I love physical records. These handwritten notes in pencil on a letter. That's how that's how much energy they gave it. Just get just go. You deal with this. I'm not doing this. She pissed a lot of people off. And I kind of wonder if she had maybe gone along with Jackie's plan, which maybe wasn't the right plan, but it was, you know, in the scheme of things, maybe the better way forward to kind of have have women be kind of at least more kind of in the thought process earlier than the than the '70s when astronauts were able, women were able to join the astronaut corps. Um, whether it might have sort of, uh, I don't want to say softened NASA to the idea, because I don't think NASA was against women so much as it was just so focused on Apollo. Um, but kind of made it less of like a, a thing that they had to almost do damage control for because Jerry was running around saying that she was a NASA astronaut or a NASA qualified astronaut and NASA had to go out and say, she is not a spokesperson for us. And that's not putting the agency in that position. You're, you're not making friends. So I I wonder if she, if she might've actually hurt the cause a little bit. Um, while still being, you know, an incredible pilot, an incredibly strong woman in her own right. But the way the story is retold, I think, is so inspiring, even if it's told wrong, <laughs> that I, I know a lot of I know a lot of young girls, especially um, who kind of hear hear the stories and read about it and and get inspired because of it. But, you know, it's, it's similar. We can make a you can almost look at it like Valentina Tereshkova. Who was the first woman in space? Soviet. The name wasn't the dead giveaway. <laughs> uh, she flew in 1963, actually, because the Soviets were following the news about Jerry and thought, well, oh, if, if NASA is going to put a woman up as a stunt, we should do it first. Um, and you know, I, I've gotten emails from girls saying, you know, I'm researching Valentina for a school project and how she broke barriers for women, and I'm sitting there like, oh, how is it? How are we not act- effectively communicating that like she was a propaganda play? Not to take away from the fact that she was incredibly brave as the pilot of, I think it was Vostok Six, um, but you know she was flown for propaganda purposes, and we know that. It's the space race. It's it's the Cold War. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to, mm-hmm. to to sort of like you can't. I think we're very we we want to take it away from that context to kind of make it about girl power when really it's it's about political plays, unfortunately. So I don't know if they helped. I it, 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 I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it it is this just this fascinating story of these I I would call them trailblazers certainly yeah. oh, for, yeah. for, that, for that time period, but adversaries. Yeah. And I think that's what is most unusual about the uh, about the story, which is fascinating. Your book, "Fighting for Space: Two Pilots and Their Historic Battle for Female Space Flight," Amy Sherrod Title's been our guest today. Amy, we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation, but thanks so much for your generous time. The book is wonderful. I just want to recommend it to all our audience. And of course, the Smithsonian Associates presentation is coming up. We'll put the details in the notes, but Amy Shira Title, thank you for your time.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: My thanks to Amy Shira Title, who will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates program, May 26, 2021, and the title of Amy Shira Title's zoom presentation is fighting for space pilots jackie cochran and jerry cobb more details on amy shira titles presentation are available in today's show notes my thanks to the smithsonian associates team for all they do to support the show my special thanks to you my wonderful not old better show audience please be safe practice smart social distancing get the vaccine and talk about better the not old better show thanks everybody